1: Yes, we are the brave. we we'll fight you in-
0: so good morning veteran be real listeners or good afternoon or good evening depending on what time you're listening to the podcast we appreciate you guys listening today i have on wally carmichael all right this guy retired u.s army guy's done a lot doing a lot and he's doing a lot in the community now for veterans and a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs so it's great to have wally on so we're going to introduce him and we're going to get started so and like always guys if you got any questions or you'd like to see anything on the podcast just definitely reach out to us on facebook or you can message us through the the website at VeteransBeReal.com. all right but wally floor is yours my friend and glad
1: to have you on brother man it's good to be on brother it's always a pleasure to talk with other veterans especially those who have served where I've served and done what I've done we get each other a little bit better so uh, you want me to get into it right now just tell you what's going on let's, let's talk about
0: you what you did in the army you know where you're at now what's
1: going on yeah absolutely man so I mean you know 25 years I'll give you the cliff notes version Uh, You can ask any clarifying questions along the way, however you feel like it. But I was not that guy who was just so patriotic and just decided I want to go join the military. In fact, it was not something I wanted to do. My uncle was, a. I was actually in transition from college, ran out of money. Backstory on that, I actually had a scholarship for college and decided I didn't want to go to college. And so I pissed that away. And ended up going to the same college and paying for it <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> later. So ran out of money for college and was working two full-time jobs at a restaurant as, as a busboy and a waiter. And my uncle, I was just tired, man, and doing some stuff I shouldn't have been doing at all. So my uncle was home on leave. He was a first sergeant at the time and, in the Army. And he's like, look, join the military. You'll get some education along the way, and you'll travel the world. And my exact answer was probably somewhere around not no, but hell no not right. the thing I want to do so I kept right. whirling around in my head and a couple more weeks down the road I just walked into the recruiter's office and said I want to be an army medic and it's like well we don't have a slot for you we want you you know you can be infantry or something of that nature I was like no thanks I'm good by the time I got home my uh, mother had said hey some recruiter called and said give him a call back right away so three slots had miraculously opened up <laughs> it that way, yeah. <laughs> my and my ASVAB was low brother it was low, like in the, you know, I think mid nineties, somewhere around there. Yeah. So they were scraping the bottom of the barrel to get me in. And I just had to get out of the environment I was in. It was not a good environment. We can get into that a little if you want to, but I loved it from day one, right from basic training. I just realized I needed that level of discipline and my jewel sergeants were just enamored by my, you know, my work ethics and my dedication and stuff. And I went on to have a very, very good career. Did a lot of things as a medic. You know, as medics, we worked a lot. I worked a lot with infantry engineers as some special ops for a while, 23 countries on five continents, and called it quits at 25 years and just decided to go ahead and move on. And just, you know, now kind of dig into anything you want to share there, get into there, but uh, and then we'll get into what I'm doing now.
0: Yeah. So the big thing for me is let's talk a little bit about okay, you did 25 years, and, you know, like you said, saw the world, five continents, a whole bunch of countries. So when you got out, let's talk about how you prepared to get out and then what you did as you transitioned out and then what it got you into the next job or the next career or did you go down a different path for a little while? Did you just take a little time off? You know, What did you do to kind of deal with your 25-year commitment being finished and now you're going to be starting another phase of your life? So let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, so the short answer is yes to all that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's crazy. It did not happen as I expected it would. My entire life I've been entrepreneurial. I was literally in... Albania, drawing circles, trying to sell people Amway while I was deployed to you know, Albania. I was in network marketing. I was in, had all kinds of other business ventures I had been doing throughout my entire life. Spending a lot of money. It was an education, to say the least. I went in credit card debt twice, $30,000 in credit card debt. Got out the first time, got back in. You know, stress is high when, you know, your wife's hair is falling out and stuff like that. It's just not pretty, man. But that's the life of an entrepreneur living with a wage earner. So I just had in my thought process that when I retired, I was going to own my own business. But as I got to that point, I just realized I still enjoyed what I did. And I wanted to continue serving soldiers and the military and stay in that family. So I was dead set on getting a GS position. And I was I retired as a master sergeant, EEO specialist, I was an equal opportunity advisor. I've got I was a master resiliency trainer for the entire Pacific region at a different time. Same thing with the EOA. I left Hawaii the first time and went to Fort Hood, where you and I worked together at first Armored First Med. And I was a detachment sergeant for a sixty was a sixty first M and B. And went to Iraq. And even in Iraq I started a business while I was in Iraq. And then came back and then had the opportunity to go back to Hawaii. And when I went back to Hawaii, I got back into, I was a senior medical NCO for the same day surgery, not the same day surgery clinic, but the general practice. And then I went up to operations and ended up in operations. And when I got out, I literally thought I was going to be able to just land a job just like that. I was looking specifically in Hawaii because I wanted to stay in Hawaii, but it got to a point to where I was looking anywhere, Alaska. I mean, you name it. It was a kick in the nuggets, man. I was like, my ego was getting beat up really bad. I was even getting uh, interviews. And then you know, they were, high, you know, USA Jobs, a little note for anybody out there. Once the jobs posted to USA Jobs are Monster, no matter what, I pretty much guarantee you 90% of the time that they already know who they're going to hire for that position. They're just going through the motions. So I figured that out real quick. And I ended up taking time off. Four months I did absolutely nothing, which would have been fine if I was here in Hawaii, but or here in Florida where I'm at now. But I was in Hawaii with a mortgage of you know seven hundred and twenty-one thousand dollars, you know, three, three thousand dollars, almost four thousand dollars between mortgage and utilities a month. So here I'm retired, brand new retired. Don't even have my disability decision yet, or you know, check and all that kind of stuff coming. So Took some time off, started another business, a cleaning business, and that was going pretty. That was fun, man. I actually enjoyed that. We were working with real estate agents who had homes that needed to be cleaned and you know deep cleaned. My wife and I and I would get in there, turn the radio on, and do a couple jobs on the weekend, and literally make a couple thousand dollars just on the weekend doing. And we did a couple during the week. And my my idea behind that was I was going to start hiring dependents because, you know, especially in places like Hawaii, it's hard for dependents to get jobs because they know they're going to be leaving soon. Plus, you know, you got the locals that want to hire each other, which is cool, but not good for the veterans and the uh, dependents. So we're going to hire them. But I ended up getting a job as an EEO specialist for the Navy as a GS-12. Very nice. But the cool thing about it was it was technically GS-9 pay because it was only three days a week. I worked Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I had you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. And I commuted, part of my commute included kayaking across Pearl Harbor from where I lived, I crossed over to Hickam. Tough life. <laughs> Tough life for Wally. Got a paddle of a word. Brother, I'm telling you what, man, I was literally oh in the what? water. <laughs> Literally in the water with turtles and dolphins and, I mean, just freaking, you know, just kayak to work and go take a shower and go to work. Great time, man. And I kept doing that because after that, I worked for the Navy for about eight months. And then I moved on and literally took a job back at Tripler Army Medical Center, where I I retired from. Literally sat at the same desk I was at when I retired, only in civilian clothes. And I continued that same commute for a while. And that went on for a while. But then we just decided it was time to get out of Hawaii. We'd been there for about 10 years at that point and we moved to Florida. Now, when I moved, they asked me to stay on for a year. And because I had a lot of information and access to a lot of stuff, my wife decided, you know what, let's do that. That way we can figure out how we can live just on the retirement and benefits in Florida. And then we'll just bank whatever I was making there in Hawaii. And I lasted about eight months. I literally, just to get uncomfortable, I don't know if I told you this before, But just to get uncomfortable, I literally just gave up the keys to the room that I was renting, which is technically I was renting a whole house, but just the room because the people weren't there most of the time. I gave it up on May 1st or just before May So May 1st, that evening, I slept in my truck and I slept in my truck for a month and a half so that I would force myself to leave Hawaii. And when I told my boss that I'm leaving Hawaii, he's like, look, we really need you to stay on but would you, I know you got to go back and be with your family. It's been eight months. Will you tell, will you commute, telecommute? So they let me telecommute at this point as a GS 11 step three from right here in my office where I'm standing right now. And I did that for about eight months and then called it quits. It was about nine months and said, I'm done. I got to move on and do what I want to do, which was I had already started while I was homeless in a homeless situation, not technically homeless. I want to clarify that. I was full on in a homeless situation living out of my truck. That's a whole other story. I learned a lot from that experience. But during that time, I started building the business that I'm doing now as a business and marketing strategist. Yeah, I'm just doing absolutely amazing with that. Yeah, I mean, you are. I mean,
0: I've worked with you in the past for the business I'm doing and the entrepreneurial stuff. I know he's in the, the veteran doing tribe, guys. So he's involved with the veterans in there. He's always reaching out, giving helpful advice, and linking people up with people and help like that. So it's great. So you know, Wally's done a lot, not only in his career, but he's done a lot for the veteran community since he's gotten out. And like you heard, he had a little bit of transition anxiety because he had job and job and job and what do I do? And then he finally found his niche and now he's in his niche and he's doing really well. So it's great news. It's a great part of it. And I think what we can all take from this is, even if you did 25 years or 20 years, even if you only did five years, you got to kind of have a plan. you got to kind of think something about what you're going to do and then try to work your way to it. Now, he took some different steps, you know, making himself semi-homeless for a little while to kind of put some pressure on himself to get his head straight. But People have to make the best part of it. People got to make decisions of what's going to motivate them or push them to take it to the next level so they can get taken, so they can get care of themselves and their family or whatever they might have to do. So I think it's an actual, you know, I, I never really heard anybody say they, they basically were selectively homeless, but I guess from that standpoint, and you know, I can really understand what you were trying to accomplish and get in your own head like, hey, I got to force myself to make this move. I got to get out of here. I got to get back to my family. I got to, so I'm going to put a little bit more pressure on me, so I got to get out of here. So I mean, I, am, I applaud you for that because I mean, that takes a lot of intestinal fortitude to say, hey, I need to do this to myself, inflict this kind of uncomfortableness so I can get back to where I'm comfortable. So that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, it was an experience. And during that time, actually, since I was alone in Hawaii for eight months, I started driving Uber and Lyft just to really kind of stay occupied because I, I just like getting out and meeting people. And in Waikiki and Honolulu and the island of Oahu in general, dude, I was making an extra. $1,500, you know, how, to be fair, averaged about $2,000 extra a month, just driving Uber and Lyft in my Toyota Tacoma pickup truck with a three-inch lift which is significant in Hawaii since so many people there are Asian and yep. many of them are vertically challenged. So I literally had to pull up next to a curb to make sure some of the folks could get into the vehicle. Yep. But they loved it. They loved driving around in that thing. And even while I was living in the homeless situation, what I did was I had a, uh, a storage unit where I had my clothes at and stuff like that. I would have my bed roll and everything in the truck and I would sleep in the truck. And here's the crazy thing about that, man. You know, I could park my truck just about anywhere in Waikiki, even for a dollar, you know, a couple bucks a night, a dollar an hour, let's say, and even some places for free down on Waikiki, you can park right there by the beach for free, but you can't park your vehicle there overnight and sleep in it. It can be parked overnight, but you cannot be sleeping in it. And I was like, this is some crap, man. And so, a month and a half, 48 days, I didn't, I hardly slept, honestly, especially at night. If I was somewhere during the day, I could, you know, catch some Z's somewhere, but. Yeah, because you're always alert. The cops are come pounding on your door and telling you to either give you a ticket or tell you to move. And it's just crazy. It's I met a lot of interesting people. I met a lot of people in Hawaii who have two jobs and live out of their vehicles.
0: Yeah, I met they me. just can't
1: afford the housing.
0: Yeah, yeah. housing is very expensive. I remember when I was there, I was like, I was in like this little one bedroom, nothing. I was paying like eighteen hundred bucks a month or two thousand dollars a month, and I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. like, a, like a bathroom, a kitchen, and a bedroom, and that was it. You know, what I'm saying I'm like half lab, a living room. I was in the North Shore too, so if you're up there at Schofield Barracks, Mm. the northern part of the island, so it's even more expensive because just because it's the north side, they want to charge more.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, and then I went. I get up early enough to go get my clothes and stuff, do my workout at the gym, get my shower in, and then head on to work. You know, and nobody knew. To this day, nobody over there, unless they heard me on one of these shows, or I never had a conversation with any of my coworkers. And any of the people that worked for me, none of them knew the situation I was in. A couple nights, I even slept in the office just because I was working. I figured, what the hell, I'm just going to sleep here.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, so you guys, listen now. So, Wally, now let's talk a little bit about your business now, what you're doing, what we as a veteran community can help to support you, how we can do anything to help you out, man.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, you know. What I'm doing now and why I do what I do, I could literally, since I'm here in Florida now, my wife doesn't work. She just quit her job. She just worked because she wanted to get away from me. And then this COVID thing hit and they were forced to work from home. And she's like, I'm done working from home. I can't do it. I could, she just couldn't do it. I could be fully retired and just hanging out at the theme parks and having a good time. But I just have to continue adding value to people. I was a strategist in the military, strategizing the battlefield of medical assets and personnel, just like you were. In garrison, or deployed, or wherever, and I'm a strategist, a strategist at heart, and that's just my mindset. So I do the same thing with businesses. I have the ability, and I have software, and I have tools that allow me to take a look at a business. And in most businesses, I can sit them down and show them where they're leaving. You know, several hundred thousand, depending on the industry, of course. If it's a you know dog grooming business, or a auto detailing business, or a chiropractor, or contractors the margins are all different. So, but on average, I can show most businesses how to increase their revenue and profits by 50 to a couple hundred percent. And I have software that allows me to help me do that. And I have strategies and I have a network of business strategists that if I get stumped and often it's just like in the medical field, when a doctor, you know, when we're all sitting there evaluating a patient, these days, you go through an algorithm on the computer and you ask the question, okay, if this one's yes, then you ask this question. And then if you have a question, you get up and walk down the hall and ask one of the other providers and say, hey, here's the situation. They're like, oh, yeah, go back and ask these questions. It's the same concept, same type of idea. And I'm able to get rather quick results for business owners. One of my taglines is I can show just about any business you put in front of me how to increase the revenue and profit profits by 100, at least hundred percent without spending any more on marketing and advertising because the strategies I use are many of them are low to no cost strategies and they're not even marketing they're, or advertising strategies they're just business strategies that put profits back in the business and here's a tagline I want you guys to write down and remember this especially those of you who are business owners revenue feeds your ego profits feed your family I talked to so just this morning, I was talking to a business owner who said, you know, I made a million dollars in sales this month. Okay, cool. That's great. How much did you, how much of that was yours? 60, maybe 50,000. That's a, that's a low paying job. And you're putting in how many hours, 12 hours, 16 hours a day. You know, that's, it's tough on business owners. And so many business strategists constantly say, you can go your business or you can go profits. And I'm here to tell you it's absolutely not true. If you know how to incrementally change, uh, increase certain areas of your business, you can grow your business and profits at the same time.
0: So all you guys out there listening, if you're a, vet, a soldier or sailor or whatever, mil, active in the military, and you're getting ready to transition out, you're thinking about starting your own business, well, is a guy that once you get your business up and moving and running, he's a guy to reach out to you to help you understand the right way to build out the matrix so that your profits and your margins are correct for your business model, whatever it is. Like you said, you could be a dog groomer, a damn dog walker. You could be a damn, you know, contract, chiropractor, whatever. The point is he can take your business with his his software models and build them out to maximize what you're doing. So pay attention. And you guys will be able to find all this information, not only on his flyer that we're going to be putting out here pretty soon, but also on our website and our Facebook page. When you see Wally's information, you just click on his episode and it'll pull up all his websites, all his information where you can reach out to Wally and get some contact information from him. So Wally, my friend, and I mean that sincerely, I appreciate you taking the time to get back on with me and, and do, do an episode here so we can get you on live and get your get the show out there so people hear what you're talking about. And I appreciate you taking the time, my man.
1: It's my pleasure, man. Can I share one more thing with you real quick? Yeah, of course I you. think your listeners will really, really dig this, and some of them will, will jump on it. If you're considering that you don't want to work for anybody else and you want to work for yourself and you don't really know how a lot of military – get out and want to do some sort of leadership consulting or something of that nature, because there's no doubt about it. You are a badass freaking leader. That doesn't mean that you know how to show other organizations that are willing to pay you to be a leading a leader consultant or career consultant or anything like that. I'm saying that because I've been through it and I know. And what I do now is I'm actually looking for guys that are men and women that want to get into Business coaching. You have to be business minded. You have to be coachable because I have coaches that will train you and show you and get access to all the strategies and the tools and everything that I have access to. The Rolodex of connections is just unbelievable. I can just go through it like crazy. But if that's something that interests you, then also I'll provide that link that can be added into the show notes as well for you guys. And no matter what it is, man, just make sure that it's something that you truly want to do somebody said you should have i was doing my passion if i was to do my passion it would have been to stay on the beach and live in a hammock in hawaii There you go. <laughs> it doesn't pay very well so i'm doing my other passion that actually pays me
0: yeah. all right so wally great and you guys listen and listen the show notes will be important for wallace because he's going to have a lot of websites and links in there so you guys pay attention to show notes that's on our website all you gotta do is click on his name and it'll pop all that up there all right so you guys out there listening i appreciate you guys listening don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to share our podcast with your fellow soldiers and or sailor, airmen, Marines, whatever, or veterans. Get the show out there because this show is built to drive to help us as veterans and our active duty members that are getting ready to get out, how to prepare to be out and be a civilian. again. So thanks again, Wally. Appreciate your time, brother.
1: My pleasure, man. Anytime.
0: Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Hope you all got something out of this podcast today. Please tell a battle buddy about us and stay tuned for our upcoming podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at www.veteransbereal.com. Support us, because we got your back. Till next time, everyone, I'm out of here.